Other League Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Other League Podcast. I'm joined here by Garage God Chase. Chase, how are you? It's good. It's been a, it's been a, been a long week, long two weeks. Yeah, we took the week off last week, had some things come up. Uh, life gets busy, and the XFL has been extremely busy the past two weeks. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, I'm very angry today, Chase, because we're recording this show on Wednesday evening. And today, we should just name this episode Lies, Lies, and More Lies because this week has been full of lies from XFL teams, starting lies. starting with your team. Deceit. Starting with your Tragedies. team. Tragedies. Yeah, Tampa the Bay, The Tampa Bay Vipers. What's up, what's up with, uh, with, with no trustmen? We'll call, we'll call them anti-trustmen. The coach trustmen. No, no trust for trustmen. So here's – I, I uh, did a little teaser on Twitter, so I'll just jump right into it. Last Saturday, um, Tampa got beat pretty convincingly. Uh, it was a good game against Houston, but, I mean, Houston's clearly the better team there. Houston's a great team. Tampa hung in there, but the skill level was just – it was obvious that Houston was a better team. In the locker room, Tressman and Quentin Flowers get into a discussion. Flowers is upset because he went into the game early, he was killing it, did an excellent job, and then for no reason whatsoever, he gets benched. So Flowers is upset. June Jones, the head coach of Tampa, after the game said, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know why they, they benched him. He was hard to stop. We couldn't control him. June Jones told me the same thing in my interview this week with, last week with him. Um, he said, yeah, that was just one of those head-scratching things. I'm sure there's more to the story, but I don't get it. Well, Flowers was obviously upset. Everyone in the locker room knew he was upset. Um, and then Sunday, everything came to a head. He requested a trade, did not want to play second fiddle, played the, 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 the carousel of quarterbacks in Tampa, didn't want to play second fiddle to Cornelius or Murray, who has been injured. So he requested a trade. Tressman then says, I've seen the messages. Tressman then says, why don't you take this week off and think about it? We're not going to make any decisions, but take a week off and see if it's something that you want to do actually. So, Tress, uh, so Flowers takes the week off. On Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which day it was, I report, the truth that Flowers has requested a trade and he will not be with the team this week. A couple hours later, Tampa Bay Times comes out with it that Flowers is going home for the week. He is wanting, or they didn't even say he wanted to be traded, that he's going home for a week because Tressman told the reporters it's for personal reasons. So Tressman right there is covering up, but I get it. You don't want to cause chaos and worry with your fans and your team. I get it. So. Fast forward to, to Sunday, Tampa wins. Your boys actually won a game. Yeah, I know. I was, like, stupid shocked. Um, I, I, I was watching NASCAR, obviously, and then I look on, the, uh, on my phone and I look at the scores, and I'm like, what just happened? Because, like, we've seen some up-and-down shit in the XFL, don't get me wrong. But to have the victory the way the Vipers did it, 25 to nothing, and like you know, you just got it. You got to go ahead and give give the shout out to, to Devion Smith. Yo, God, homeboy, he... homeboy, dude, that dude's legs like he's questionable coming into this week because of it, probably because of just like him just going completely ape shit. I, I can only imagine like double ice packs for that. I mean, like the stat line he put up, the game that they put up against what was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the entire league. So we're we're starting to see this real shift now. Yeah, I mean, the, Tampa looked excellent. Both running backs looked great. Even Taylor Cornelius looked great, which brings us back to our story. So during the game, it's reported that um, Quentin Flowers would report to the team the following day on Monday. I had heard zero about this. I said that much on Twitter. I said I've heard nothing about this. Well, Flowers did show up Monday. So he's back with the team. Tampa Bay made a big announcement about it. 
So during this time last week when Flowers was at home, Tressman was having detailed conversations with his assistants about the trade. They didn't want it, they didn't want it leaked to the players. Sorry, Mark. They didn't want the players knowing that Quint was at home contemplating if he really wants to be traded. Mark Tressman told his, uh, his coaches that he didn't want to set a precedent and create an environment where a player can be unhappy and, and be spoiled and just request a trade and they trade him off. That's what he told the coaches. So this is all happening last week. Today, Wednesday, Tampa's first practice back. They had um, meetings the other day. So today was their first day back on the field. Cornelius is, um, uh, Cornelius is a starter this week. Flowers is listed at number three. Flowers is there. Um, Tressman walks up to the podium. Somebody from the Tampa Bay Times says, Coach Tressman, did Quentin Flowers request a trade last week? We're hearing reports on Twitter that he requested a trade. Is it true? Tressman's response, nope. I never heard nothing about a trade, and neither has our uh, director of player personnel, which is odd right there to begin with. How do you say he's never heard of it and he's not even standing next to you? Lies, deceit. Tragedy. <laughs> like, like, dude, I, I remember you telling me about all this, you know, and you, you, you had everything, all your speculation, put your tweets out and things like that, you know, getting the, getting the word out there to the fine people and fans of the XFL and um, doing a hell of a job with that, by the way. Thank and, you. Um, and, and, yeah, so, like, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise to me at all just because of the type of trust. Like, Trestman's came out. Like, I still love the Vipers, but it's mainly for Jerry Glanville. I, I'm a Jerry Glanville fan at this point. We'll talk more about Jerry later. Jerry, yeah. Jerry's amazing. Big facts. Lo- love Jerry. Jerry's the man. Jerry, if you're listening to this, you're the man. And you should follow me on, on whatever social media. If you have MySpace, maybe, uh, follow me there. Does he have Twitter? He does. Jerry has Twitter? Yeah. He don't, he don't ever use it, but he has a Twitter. All right. Well, Jerry, have your people follow me. And then I'll talk to your people and my people. Get with with his people. flip phone. Yeah, Razor. Motorola Razor. It's back, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, it's back. Wow. It's an amazing screen. But Trestman has lost my trust. Like, just because, um, just because of this whole, you know, fiasco that he's been putting down, um, basically fucking up, like, borderline fucking up your credibility in this industry for what you're reporting. And you're, you know you're reporting the truth. And they, then it comes out and everyone else has pretty much come out and then said, like, yeah, I request this trade. Well, that's the funny part. Tressman says, no, didn't hear of a trade. Our director of player personnel didn't hear of it either. Like I said, weird. Three minutes later, Quentin Flowers walks on stage. First question, did you request a trade? His answer, yes. Like, here, here let, me, let, me, let me teach you something, non-football related here. It's called the art of lying. If you lie, you may want to tell the people involved in the lie to go along with it. Tressman's up there just lying like a buffoon, saying, no, I don't know nothing about a trade, when clearly that is a lie, and it really made me mad, and obviously I won't go into why that made me mad, but you know why that made me mad. It was very, just very shady. It's shitty, sketchy shady. stuff. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that's, that's all it is, because... At the end of the day, when you're you also have a responsibility to the media, okay, and and all that did was discredit Trustman in this situation. It did, and and this is the one guy that really needs fan support. He's lost his team uh, in a lot of ways. He's lost his fan base in a lot of ways. Why not just come out and say, yeah, he requested it, but we're going to work through it, and we're going to, you know, we want Quentin here, and we're going to make it happen where he can stay here and thrive. But he just lied completely about it, which is ridiculous because you got to have some sort of t- give and take with your fans, uh, give and take with the people who pay your salary. And for the team as well, like you said. And, and the main thing is he's lost so much like respect from everyone around him that he's having to give game balls to, to uh, equipment managers now. That's true. So, so it's like, who does that? Like, yeah, your, I mean, fir- your first win, and you give a game ball to the equipment manager. Right. Like, like, like you're literally, I put a tweet out about that. Like, like great job trying to make America think that you're this, this nice guy. Like, who the fuck gives a, a winning, first winning football? You give that bitch to the man that it belongs to. And, and we, we all know who that, that ball belonged to Devion Smith. <laughs> that came in. That's that. Or Jerry Glanville, because he killed yeah, it defensively. He held him scoreless. Um, but, yeah, so Quentin came out and disputed Tressman. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in Tressman for just a, a lot of reasons. Why not just be honest 
I think it shows uh, a maturity, and I think it shows that you're a good coach if you can say, yeah, this is what my players want, but this is the direction we're going, and this is how it's going to be done. Instead of just lie about it, it looks weak. I mean, like and when I tweeted out, I said, Trestman, like, if, if it's not true that he requested a trade, then what, what is he being sent home to think about then? Think about, like, what shade of green you wear? Like, what are you sending somebody home for if they didn't request a trade? Like, he did not think his lie through at all. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, it, it's one of these things that we're, we're going to see how it continues to develop eventually. Like, I mean, we've already seen one coach get fired, and we all understand that, you know, at the end of the day, all these teams, they're not, you know, owned by an owner. They're owned by one owner. Yeah. That's Vince McMahon. But I think that if this shit keeps going the way it's going, that we couldn't possibly see him get the boot. I mean, it's possible because you're, 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 it's a risky time. You're, a, you know, a startup. You're trying to attract fans. If you are turning them off to the product because you can't be transparent, then obviously Vince. Not just because of that, but because he's selfish too. Well, yeah, but Vince and Oliver's going to step in, I think, eventually if it kept up and say, hey, you're hurting our brand, not helping it. It's not like you're undefeated. You know, Bill Belichick can get away with it because he's Bill Belichick and he has the personality of a you know cardboard box, but who cares because he wins. Trestman's not in that position. He's not winning. Uh, he's won one game. Um, you know, so I don't think he has the 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 leverage really to uh, to go out and just screw over the fans and not tell them the truth. Mark, tell the truth, buddy. Yeah, you got to, and you have an opportunity to to let's see if the truth can be told on Sunday night um, against the LA Wildcats. I'm interested though. Like tomorrow, he has another press conference. I'm interested if somebody from the Tampa Bay Times goes, "Hey." I know what you said, but you were disputed by Quentin Flowers. I wonder how he responds to that. That's, I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see it plaster. Like, like the, the week's not over by far. We're right here in the middle. I mean, you're listening to this on Thursday. We record on Wednesday. So I, I hope he lays in the fetal position and cries, and then, you know, then you'll just forget about it and just think what a weak man he is. Yeah, but, Vince McMahon comes in, just like, you know, brings out the, the lawn chairs and just hits him in the back. Like, brings out the old WWE style shit. That would be the show. That would like, be great. Vince just returns out of nowhere to, like, walk in the middle of the field before a game. With his theme music and everything. It'd be right. awesome. Speaking of lies, though, there was another lie this week. Um, Landry Jones, who was injured preseason, uh, knee injury, uh, was re injured uh, in the game Sunday uh, against Houston, the, the Texas throwdown. And on Monday, I got a report from somebody within the team saying that he would miss. Four to six weeks. It was a re-aggravation, a partial tear of the MCL. Um, so four to six weeks, that's a normal That's a normal time to miss for, for such an injury. And then all of a sudden, Dallas starts doing these massive discounted tickets for the upcoming home games um, saying, um, you know, like you have to act now. You have to do it this week, and then they released a normal marketing. Tactics. Then they released a report saying that Landry Jones would miss two weeks, not four to six weeks. Makes me think, Chase. If I didn't know any better, I would think that the Dallas Renegades are trying to sell a bunch of tickets because their star player Landry Jones is injured, and if he misses the rest of the season people may not be quite as interested to come to the games. So they're saying he's missing two weeks, and they're doing these discount specials this week so people will buy tickets. And then in two weeks, when he's supposed to come back, they're going to say, oh, he re-aggravated his knee. He's going to miss an additional two to four weeks. Or, or hot take, drugs. Lots of drugs. That's possible. They just like they got like like super super drugs. Put put in the kneecaps. That's possible. I mean, it's yeah. I used to get shot up with all kind of needles and stuff before games. I didn't feel any pain, but I mean, he he re-injured his knee. He missed like a like the preseason and all missed about four weeks of the pre like in the preseason leading up missed week one. But all of a sudden he re-aggravates and he's gonna miss two. That don't even make sense. Once again, lies. I've got to say one thing about this game, and this thing isn't a lie. So, yeah, it was a Texas showdown. I was on Twitter that day, and there's an account, Colby Murray, at Colby underscore Murray 9. Uh, he puts a tweet out and says, the Venmo has never been more open. 
at XFL. Oh, the fan who got abandoned? Or yeah, please pick stranded? up the drive. I gotta play this audio real quick though. It's 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 hilarious, man. Like this guy. Halfway to Dallas. Halfway there for the Texas throwdown. The Ford broke down. So now I'm stranded at the pilot. Off exit 178, off 45. Roughnecks, I need you to get the W first, beat Dallas's ass, and pick me up on the way home. I'll be waiting. I'm this guy. I'm this guy, Roughnecks. Pick me up, please. I can sit next to PJ on the bus. Dude said, pick me up. I can sit next to PJ. I, I love that, for one. And then for two, uh, tell me if you've ever, like, heard of anyone that was on their way to an NFL game. And then the actual team tries to call an Uber I've for never, that fan. I've never heard of that before. The Roughnecks literally were trying to call an Uber for him. I don't know if he ever got there, but he also ended up shooting a video of him shotgunning two beers, Stone Cold Steve Austin style, in the parking lot. Wow. So That guy's a hero. Yeah, he is. And the Roughnecks, this could not be a, it could not be a better time. To be a Roughnecks fan. Which is why I am. Or I'm, I mean, I'm a Dallas fan, too. Well, we all know. Like you bought Tampa. your hat. You yeah. bought your hat. So, so you're off the Vipers bus. Yeah, well, I, I still got my... I still, you're on the Jerry Glanville bus. I left my bag in the Viper bus, so I can still go in and out. But I'm not a huge Vipers fan, especially after today. Like, it's just... This team is... It's um, tough to be yeah, yeah. at this point with, with the Trestman situation. Yeah. Like, you want to... Like, I, I love... Like, obviously... I picked the team because I knew that you had a lot to say about them. And plus, I love their uniforms because that's just, you know, that, that's my weak-ass answer to this. But, like, I love the uniforms, love the green. But if I was going to be a fan of another team before the season started, you already knew. Like, I was sitting there saying, okay, well, Houston's you did say Houston to be, like, our team because yeah. they're closest to us. Yeah. So, I, at this point, like, I feel like I at least got to ride the wave a little bit longer. And but yeah, you've already went full throttle, bro. You got, I, I like the Vipers. I like Dallas. I like. I look, look, let's just be let's just be open and honest about this. We're an XFL podcast. Yeah, I like the XFL. We like the XFL. We are. We I are even the like, Bob Lowe's of the XFL. Six weeks ago, if you had told me I would have liked the St. Louis Battlehawks, I would have laughed in your face. But I like St. Louis. I mean, I mean, they're a good team. I just there's, like Marquette. There's not really one team I dislike. I mean, there's boring teams. You know, I won't say specifically who, but they're in the Northwest and they share a stadium with the Seahawks. But Ooh. I mean, this, you know, it's they're boring, but but their I, jerseys aren't. I like them. You and your jerseys. <laughs> I love. I love the uniforms. It's like I'm man. doing a podcast with an eight year old. I know it's me. It's me. Do you have any? You have any XFL trading cards? No. Is that, is it, <laughs> They exist? No, but dude, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's between the Roughnecks and the Vipers for sure, as far as just fanboy style. But I mean, getting into the Battlehawks situation, um, you know, they're they're coming out, and now I know we talked about this before about the market itself, and then like them testing out the waters, twenty three to sixteen against the Dragons uh, this past week. So I mean, they're they're making their name for themselves. They're giving new life to the city of uh, St. Louis. Yeah, the fans are absolutely amazing. They're opening the upper deck this week, uh, next home game. So I mean, that's that's a big, big, big oh, deal. Damn, so, that is huge. Yeah, I mean, they, they fully St. Louis has fully embraced the Battle Hawks, and I think that's really good news for all of you who live in cities that do not have NFL teams currently. I think originally they thought that that was a safe bet to go into uh, towns and and metro areas where there's an NFL team. You know, New York has an NFL team, two of them. Tampa, uh, Dallas, Houston, Seattle, L.A. Uh, and then so you have St. Louis, who doesn't have an NFL team anymore, and they are absolutely killing it on every level. Fan interaction, fan participation, social media. So I think that you'll see maybe when the XFL does expand in a couple of years, you'll see it go to places where there's not currently an NFL team. And you can thank St. Louis for that and all the great fans. They're doing awesome work there. I do want to backtrack, though, to, uh, to the Roughnecks Renegades game. So how mummy is definitely a man amongst men. How mummy is a man. He's intimidating. <laughs> he's scary. Uh, he's a mad scientist. He is the man who got Mike Leach in the coaching. Right. Gave Mike Leach's first job. Um, they started the air raid at Iowa, or was it Iowa Westland? Then they went to Valdosta State together. Then they went to Kentucky together. Before Leach went on to Oklahoma with Bob Stoops, who is Hal Mummy's head coach at Dallas. But Hal Mummy this week was on the sideline, minding his business, thinking of crazy ways to throw the ball. 
And all of a sudden, um, I think it was Artis Payne, the running back, was pushed out of bounds, slammed in the mummy. Mummy flew like professional wrestling flew, broke his leg. That was the air raid offense. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Stood up and continued to coach the rest of the game with a broke freaking leg. How, Mummy, you are the man. Now they have shirts out saying not soft because he did a tweet saying I'm not soft. I love that. So they have Renegade shirts saying not soft. How Mummy was um, a guy that I'm very familiar with. He is um, – that's the reason you play hard for a guy like that because he has no sympathy for you when you walk off the field and you're like, I'm hurting. He can look at you and go, I broke my freaking leg five minutes ago. Shut up and get back on the field. So – no how, kind of motivation other than that, right? Yeah. That's the best motivation you can ever give. So, like, you know how the XFL had, like, the old uh, thing where, you know, they had, like, the nicknames and stuff? Mm-hmm. We should just get, like, a Renegade jersey that says not soft. Yeah. On the back. Definitely. Might have to purchase that. I love Hal Mummy, and I love uh, Coach Bob Stoops, who's the head coach. He used to be the head coach of Oklahoma. So, Dallas has a special place in my heart because of those two guys. Um, Bob Stoops, if you ever get a chance to read his book, Came out a few months ago. Pick it up. It's an awesome read. I like to read biographies, especially sports biographies, and this one's a great book. I'm reading it right now, actually. It's on my Kindle. Can we get it on Audible? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm have to download it on Audible. I can read it. I can read it while I'm. Uh, I can. I can put it in my ear while I'm watching a NASCAR race. I'm it's called sorry. No Excuses, which also goes along with How Mummy. You can't have any excuses. Uh, being hurt, being tired, whatever, because they break their legs on the sideline. That's how intense the Dallas Renegades are. That's even, just the XFL. The even, XFL's intense. Yeah, even the coaches are on the injury report. <laughs> so that's a big deal. So way to go, Hal Mummy, or Coach Mummy. I don't mean to disrespect you and, and run stadium laps again. Coach <laughs> Mummy. Oh, my God. That, I, I want to get footage of when you played for him. Yeah. I, I want to see that. It's pretty sad. <laughs> I, walked, I walked in thinking – I walked in thinking, like, man, I am a freaking stud. In my high school, I was a stud. I walked around, my chest poked out. He came to my house. He recruited me. I show up, and he told me that he wasted a scholarship on me. Oof. Yeah. Oof. And the bad thing is I – he loves you. Yeah. Bad thing is he was 100% right. You were you just lost in the sauce that time? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's equivalent to, like, when you're in high school and when it's you and this girl and y'all are just kind of talking at break or you're at lunch and there's no one around and she's, like, super into you. And then she gets around her friends and she's like, who are you again? That was me and Hal Mummy at Southeastern Louisiana in Hammond, Louisiana. That sucker made me feel like I was the cock of the walk. And then I get there and he's like... Who are you again? Just emasculate you in seconds. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. The power of mummy. Um, I mean, speaking of the ups and downs, I mean, um, going to the one of the last games we can cover from, from this past week, the, the Wildcats and the Guardians, you know, we, we thought the Wildcats were going to be this super great team. And they, they, we've seen a lot of ups and downs going in, you know, coming into week four now. The Guardians beat them. It was 17-14. Obviously, wasn't the, uh, the best of games. But the Guardian, I don't know. It's just like at this point, it's like you, you can't. The only, the only thing we know that's true right now is that the Roughnecks are really, 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 really good. The Roughnecks are the best team in the XFL, thanks in part to P.J. Walker. And then June Jones, I mean, the connection here, guys, like you, you got to understand like how mummy. Okay, let's start over. I mean, let me give you the whole connection here, Chase. So. Houston Oilers, Jerry Glanville is the head coach of the Houston Oilers. He hires June Jones, who played quarterback at Atlanta Falcons. He hired June Jones, gave June Jones his first NFL coaching job. Um, Years later, Jerry takes over the Atlanta Falcons, brings June Jones to Atlanta. Then June Jones, or excuse me, Jerry Glanville gets fired uh, June Jones takes over the Atlanta Falcons, coaches them for a number of years. Um, June Jones also hired Jerry Glanville when they were in the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But June Jones, when he, was, when he left Hawaii uh, and went to Southern Methodist University, he hired, his first hire was Hal Mummy. Um, so th- these guys are all interconnected in this weird sort of way. Um, you know, when Bob Stoops hired Mike Leach to be his offensive coordinator his first season in Oklahoma, 
Um, he was Leach at the time was a coordinator coordinator for Kentucky, where Hal Mummy was the head coach. So Stoops and Hal Mummy, um, you know, worked together. Let Leach come over to a bigger college, make more money, which led to a Texas Tech head coaching position. These guys are all connected. It's really neat. There's only I mean, Kevin Gilbride uh, was the head coach of the San Diego Chargers when he got fired. Guess who took over? June Jones. There's only one person who doesn't fit in this whole like scheme and this all this connection of XFL coaches, and that is the liar, Mark Trestman. Liar, Where did liar. he come from? But you know, who am I to say anything? I like Mark. He's a good guy. He lies, but he's a good guy. That was that was total sarcasm, right? Yep. Okay, good. All right. So let's go in. Moving into week four now. Uh, we got a really good slate coming up. Week five. Week five. Yeah. We're in week five. See the week off. We yeah, all, we got, yeah, got us yeah, all messed yeah. up. Messed us all up. Jesus, Jesus and Pete's. We're here. We're here week five. Seattle Dragons at Roughnecks on Saturday. Then the Saturday night game, we got the Guardians against the Renegades. Uh, Sunday, we're going to have the Battle Hawks against the Defenders. And then Sunday night on ESPN, Vipers against the Wildcats. Now, here's the thing. Houston has been the best team in the XFL. Um, Seattle has been one of the most boring teams in the XFL. But this week, uh, Brandon Silvers was taken out of the game. And B.J. Daniels came in. And B.J. Daniels lit it up. He is very P.J. Walker-esque. He is super fast, super mobile. Um, I think if B.J. Daniels is the starter uh, on Saturday, I think they have a, a, a legitimate shot at beating the Houston Roughnecks. I don't think they will, but I think that'd be a, it'd be a pretty good game because he looked great against St. Louis the other day. B.J. Daniels did, who was good friends with Quentin Flowers. They both came from the University of South Florida. There's a connection there, which is why Quentin Flowers never wanted to go to Seattle because his friends there and they're fighting for the same job. That's interesting. Well, I know, I know that if what you're saying is true, then the, the, we're looking at the, some of the, the lines right here. Uh, the spread on this game for the Dragons is plus 12.5, and, and then we're going to have the money line set at plus 375. So chance to make a little bit of money if you go off Danny's picks there. Um, and then the over-under set at 45.5 at that game. So, if, uh, I mean, your, your hunch is strong here. No, I don't, I don't think Seattle's going to win, but I think it's going to be – because on paper, Seattle – if you watch past Seattle games and then you watch past Houston games on paper, it doesn't look too exciting. But I think it's going to be a really good game. I mean, somebody has to knock off Houston eventually. And I've always thought that um, those underdog teams, like the Vipers this past week with D.C., like when they've had enough of losing and when they've had enough of just not being looked at and viewed as a good team, a contender, they'll come out and ball out and take your lunch money. So I think Houston wins this game 27-22, uh, but it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the, uh, some of the DraftKings stuff as well. It looks like one of the better values in this game, uh, looking on Seahawks' side, is going to be uh, Austin Proel. Um, he's sitting right around 8,000 on DraftKings, so might be a good wide receiver to watch out for just because of the defense and how strong they are. I mean, they're going to have to be – He's heavily targeted, so he's a good pick. Yeah, they're going to have to be coming around a little bit and do something with that. So, Proel, and then also you've got uh, Reynolds as well for the Seahawks. So, I don't really know how much of a run that game that they're going to be able to generate. So, I mean, it's going to be – Houston's be defense is savage as they intercepted – was it three or four times they intercepted uh, Dallas on Sunday? Uh, I think it was four times. Yeah, four times. I mean, they four. they are uh, extremely good defense, super aggressive. I really wish, like, I think I think deep down, I don't think he'll admit this. I think Jerry Glanville wishes that he was a Houston Roughnecks defensive coordinator because number one, he absolutely loves Houston. That's where he got his uh, first head coaching job. Um, and two, him and June Jones have such a great relationship. When Mark Tressman hired Jerry Glanville, June Jones was not yet hired as the head coach of Houston. So that bums me out because I think Jerry Glanville would have been a great defensive coordinator. But, who, but they're doing good without it's him. Two old, old dogs just, two like, old just dogs. pounding it out Don't in care. Houston. Houston Hound Dogs. Don't care. I would love to see that, actually. But I just Anything with Jerry I would love to see. Like the other night on ESPN, they tried to interview him about his defense. He doesn't want to talk about his defense. He wants to talk about his boots. 
like, I mean, I have a I have a five year old, and it was like I was watching my five year old. Like, what kind of defense are you running? Check out the flames on my boots, Karen. Like that was just typical Jerry Glanville. I I love Jerry Glanville. He's he makes free from concern. He and that's the way we should live life. He don't care. Jerry Glanville. What I've know what I know about Jerry is he does not care if you like him, dislike him. He doesn't care if you think he's funny or not. He just likes life. He just loves. He loves life. He loves people. I mean, he's a he's a good Christian man. He's always um, every time we talk, he wants to quote me something from the Book of Proverbs. He loves his Bible. Um, he loves football. He's just a good good dude. And it was really cool. I thought about you during the game. They showed his clips from his NASCAR career. That's epic. And it was, I can see why he got a NASCAR. He got caught on fire multiple times. <laughs> so yeah, it was like. Yeah, the fire suit wasn't as effective in those days. And then he did a little pun. He said, I was always a coach on the hot seat because he was on fire. So, yeah, Jerry, on fire. I love, love, love him. Jerry's love a good guy. Family man, been married 40-something years. His son, um, Justin, is in the band. What's that band called again? The Avid Brothers. Avid Brothers, yeah. Um, so, Jerry's a good dude. I like Jerry a lot. And uh, me and Chase are working on something now. We won't get into it, but it's, it's going to be a, a day in the life of Jerry Glanville where you can get uh, just hit in the face with Glanville. Love it. And we're, you'll we're, love it. We're going to blow this dude. We're, taking, we're putting him on a rocket ship and we're going to take him to the moon. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. I asked him this week, I said, what do you think about this game in L.A.? And he said, I'm a star. I belong in Hollywood. <laughs> and then I waited like – Jerry. I waited for a second like, okay – Start talking about something else. He did. <laughs> That's it. Didn't even. Yeah. Didn't even talk about the That's football my kind game. Of guy. Yeah. That's my kind of guy. One hundred percent. Yeah. Gotta love it. So that's. That's going to be a uh, – that's, that's definitely going to be one to watch. We'll talk a little bit about that game too. Um, on Saturday night, the Guardians and the Renegades, looking at some of the lines from this one. I'm, I'm honestly – like I know we got Landry, you know, pretty much he's going to be out. So you would have to think that maybe this would be a good time to, to, to bet up on the Guardians. I, I personally think that I might want to throw a little bit of cash that way. The, the line, money line is at plus 290. For the Guardian spread set at uh, seven and a half, and you get the over under at thirty seven. I'm really thinking that I'm probably going to lean a little more Guardians this week because it just seems like you know, you know they're coming off of uh, coming off of, of this week, this past week, and going into this with all this stuff that's happening with the fans trying to sell the tickets or whatever conspiracies there is here and there. I think the energy might be a little bit off. I think well, they're, I've they're heard. Off guard. I've heard there. You know, there's obviously. Um, you know, Landry Jones is not going to be in Dallas, but there's a quarterback conspiracy happening in New York as well. McGloin is practicing with the first team, as is Perez. So we don't know who their starter is. Um, I think Dallas pulls this one out. I know they're probably the favorites, but, um, you know, one thing about the air raid offense, and it's so, like, when you try to explain it to somebody, it's so freaking complicated to explain. That's why How Mummy is a real, like, true blue genius i mean because it's really hard to explain but you don't have to have an excellent quarterback in there to run that system because what it is essentially is you know you have two safeties in the backfield we're going to throw short passes over and over again two yards three yards and then we're going to move the safeties up where they're going to think all right well now i got to cover these short passes because they're not going long and then as soon as the safeties move up you you do three different routes, a short, middle, long, and you try to hit the long guy. And so basically it's trying to throw the defense off, make it hard to plan, do a lot of shifting and stuff where defenses can't really see what you're doing. They can't really call an effective defensive play because they don't know what you're doing because you run up to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball. I mean, so I think that um, – I think Dallas pulls this one out because you don't have to have Landry Jones – to win. And Landry Jones is a great quarterback, but he threw, you know, a few interceptions on Sunday yeah, which hurt system. which hurt the team. It's a system. I mean, I I'm not trying to I'm not a good quarterback at all, but I think I could go in there and do decent because it's it's about really the receivers. I mean, cuz you're I mean, an air raid quarterback can just hum the ball and you're you're trying to get a man to man so that you're you know, you don't have safety help back there so it it comes down to the receiver making a play. So you don't have to have a stud, um, you know, quarterback. So 
you know, I think Nelson may be a, a good a good option this week with Landry out. I think Dallas wins this game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think you're going to see 16 to 13 Dallas. Yeah, and as far as just like fantasy, looking into the wide receiver game, like you're saying with that air raid offense, I mean, you can't go wrong. And obviously, DraftKings gets it right too, because the three highest uh, highest wide receivers as far as salary goes. You're going to have uh, Donald Parham. He's, Who is killing a 6'8". Oh, yeah, 9,500 on draft. He is, he is like a joy to watch. And I know that he probably gives Hal Mummy a semi because this guy goes after the ball. He is super aggressive when he's one-on-one, man-to-man with the, rece- or the corner. I mean, this guy is the real deal. And then Flynn Nagel, because the air raid offense works best when you have a guy that can go up high. And then you have a guy like Flynn Nagel, who is a slot guy, who can just blitz. Because, listen, just remember, these safeties are, you know, if they come up, they're going to have to pick Flynn Nagel. You know, one of them has to pick Flynn Nagel because he's going short, or a linebacker has to cover him. So then you can start just dumping the Flynn Nagel because a linebacker is not going to cover a guy that's Wes Welkerish. Um, and that's what Flynn Nagel is. A great game the other day. I think he's also a guy that you need to look at, as yeah. well as Bedep. He went, uh, yeah, he's at 7,400. So, I mean, he's a little bit more on the value side. And, I mean, he caught all six of his targets for 76 yards uh, last week. So, definitely another guy to be looking at, been hyping. And, he, of course, you got your guy slammed right there in the middle in Jeff Bidet. So, it's 7,700. But I think that Nagel is probably going to be a little bit more of a better play. Just with, uh, you know, the reliability, having your backup quarterback in there, you want to just kind of check down, get where you need to go to get those touchdowns and things that you need. And then I would also, uh, Artis Payne, the running back, I think he's a good matchup this week with New York Guardians. New York Guardians just don't seem to have it together. And I'm not sure, I don't think it's necessarily Kevin Gilbride's fault. Um, I mean, I just think this team is, you know, they, they just look at times really lost. So I think uh, Artis Payne's a great uh, a great option as well. I don't know what his DraftKings Price is value. He's at eighty two hundred right now um, on on DraftKings, and yeah, I mean he had uh, Dunbar he had, also is also awesome. have the touchdown. He had thirty one yards um, last game, so I mean, yeah, I mean if what you're saying is true, we can see it. Now here's here's my question before we get off this game: Is Hal Mummy going to be on crutches this week, or will he be in a motor scooter? He's going to be in the booth. In the booth. Yep. Okay, because if he rolled down there with like an electric wheelchair, I'd put all my money on Dallas. Yes. Because, I mean, if you just see a guy, like a coach, just rolling around in an electric scooter That's a good chair. point because a part, of, a part of Mummy's success is the look he gives you when you mess up. And just don't look up. And if he's in the, if he's in the booth, I mean, he looks – if you ever watch Back to the Future, he looks at you like Doc, Doc on Back to the Future. Great Scott, Danny, what the hell are you doing? I lost like, him just like rolling slow <laughs> in a chair just staring like you know you're about to get scolded you're like frozen just like staring it'd be amazing <laughs> to have a coach in a scooter because they, I think they'd be easily avoided <laughs> you just go behind the bench just could you see could you see a guy like in a scooter like getting mad at the ref and he's just taking out in the middle of the field <laughs> dude I've lost it <laughs> oh, yeah, this the squirrel brain of mine we should do a GoFundMe so he can have a scooter so yes. he can I mean, he already looks Let's crazy. He has a towel around his neck. He already looks crazy. He just needs a scooter. Oh my god, dude, we got it. Yeah, we're gonna have to make this happen. We're gonna we're gonna start the GoFundMe like now. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> All right. So then we've got on Sunday we've got the uh, the Battle Hawks and the Defenders. After last week, I mean, it's easy to think the Battle Hawks could take down, but I think the Defenders will come back. Um, and what's even funnier is that the Defenders are actually um, they're actually plus one fifty five for the money line. Uh, so they're not even they're not even really favored in this game, and it looks like that they're actually the home team, which is yeah. what's even crazier. I think the defenders will bounce back this week. Pep Hamilton's a great coach, and I think he'll have his team ready. I mean, because they went from like the the stars of the XFL, them in Houston. I even made a prediction that DC could easily win this this championship this year because how yeah, good their defense the played, and then they just went. You know what? Everyone deserves a two-week paid vacation. So they just took two weeks off doing absolutely nothing. Let I mean, got shut out by the Vipers. I mean, geez. It was after the it was after the beer uh, the beer like luge funnel thing. Yeah. Like, after that, it just went all downhill. But they're at home this week at Audi Field, um, so I think that they'll come away with a win. 
And that's shocking because St. Louis is playing so good, uh, especially Jordan, the quarterback. My God, he's that kid is real good. Um, but I think work. I think DC defenders come out on top. I mean, they're not really favorites, but I mean, I, it's a chance to make money. That's yeah. the way I look at it. I mean, it's plus one fifty five. Your spread is uh, is plus four. So I mean, like I, literally, this line for the defenders this week looks excellent to me. I'm definitely going to be throwing some money down, and you get the over under set at thirty eight and a half. So I'm definitely looking into that. And then as far as your DraftKings plays go, um, you can look into to some of the value areas that you got here. Obviously, at this point, Cardo Jones had to have lost value, huh? Because he has been yeah inconsistent. So, so I mean, he's he's still he's still set around nine thousand on DraftKings. Um, there's way better options for quarterback out there, obviously this week. But uh, you know, but not. I really don't like the, any either of the quarterbacks in this game between uh, Tammy and Jones. I feel like there's better value. Um, however, like looking. Um, what is Tammy? Was he? Like Tamu is going to be set at 9,700 this Ooh, week. That is a little high. So he's a little bit high. But what I love, I do love Matt Jones. Um, he set at 7,300. Uh, St. Louis running back, and I mean you're going up a defense. This week, that looks like they're about the uh, going into week five, they're like giving up like the eighth most points out of all defenses. So running backs. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's, that's I, a good I think matchup. That that's a hell of a value. Yeah. With Matt Jones, so I'm definitely in that way for the running game this week. Washington's a good good guy to look at too, as far as receivers for St. Louis. But I mean, this DC defense, if they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, they may shut out St. Louis, so it just depends yeah. on what DC defense shows up. They're so volatile at this point. Like we just you have know? you noticed something? DC is undefeated when Connor is at games. Connor Folk, Connor Folk underscore oh, XFL. Connor? Yeah, Connor, if you're listening to this, get your ass to the game. Yeah, we they like, need you. Yeah, dude. Like real talk, because I mean, look what happened, Connor. When I'm putting you, money on this game, Connor. Two weeks that you didn't go to their games, and look what happened. They got beat by Tampa Bay, Connor. This is on you, Connor. Yeah, you man. Come this. On. Hey, go fix it. We need. Right, we, we believe need, in you, Connor. We need you. You can do this. I'm putting money on this. We need you. you and, money on and, it too. and technically, uh, we need Tressman to lie because they're undefeated when Tressman lies. You're right, though. So Tressman lie. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. Just keep lying, Tressman. Anti-Trustman. Anti-Trustman. Tressman. All right, last game. Speaking of trust, Trustman, Vipers, Wildcats, ESPN, the big one on Sunday night. Um, you've got money line set at plus one ten for the Vipers, minus one thirty, and then you got the spread set at two, and the over under at forty. Can they do it again, Danny? Can can the Vipers? Well, I know you miss. I know you were doing NASCAR. You know, tied up in NASCAR the other night, so you didn't get to watch a game. Taylor Cornelius. The uh, quarterback for Tampa Bay looked excellent. He looked really good. He was a little banged up towards the end of the game. His name's Cornelius. Yeah, I I mean, you're you're pretty awesome. Um, Their running game is on point. Uh, But, I mean, I'm not going to – I mean, oh, geez, this is a hard one. Like, I like Tampa Bay. I think that – you know what? No, Tampa Bay is not going to win this game. Even Tressman today, he said that he was very disappointed in practice because – um, he sarcastically told a reporter, yeah, we've arrived. We won one game. Because he said the guys aren't trying in practice today. I mean, I really think that – I think Sunday night was one of those things where you had to get over the hump. You had to win, and it's almost like they let their guards down. And so the guys that I've talked to on the team, um, not coaches, but a couple of the players, they just seem way more relaxed. So I think the win – it's a great win, but I think it may hurt them this week. I think they need to get hit in the mouth again. And I guarantee you, if somebody needs to get hit in the mouth, oh, there he is, Winston Moss. He's there to hit you in the mouth. That dude's intense. Um, he's cu- you know after after week one firing you know Peppers Johnson, and now he's a defensive coordinator. He made a ton of transactions yesterday, getting new defensive guys in there. He's overhauling the defense. I mean, and they're at home. I think I think LA wins this one. Yeah, the defense for the Wildcats is 3,900 on DraftKings. I'm definitely probably going to have a little bit of them. But I feel you what you're saying. I mean, because, like, you know, you take the win for what it is. That's great. We, we see things like that happen in football sometimes. But with just the overall, like, like where they're, everyone's head's at right now with the things that are going on with Tressman and Flowers, like, it definitely – there's definitely a cloud over that team. And But like you said, I think the main reason why they won that game is because Jerry Glanville knew that he needed to get that outback uh, Bloomin' Onion. Yep. So that was, that was it. 
Yeah. That was the main reason. And but, Jerry and Jerry deserves so much credit. I mean, to if you've ever coached or played football, to shut a team out is really difficult because that means that you didn't even allow them to get in the position to kick a field goal. So, I mean, Jerry did an excellent job of that defense. I was so happy for him, so excited. I thought that he would be excited too. He was talking about Outback after the game. He wasn't really interested in talking about anything else. Talked about the Lord. Um, but He's probably pissed Kevin Harvey didn't win, so he couldn't get a free one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, dude, it's uh, – it, I don't know. It's just one of those things, like, we're going to have to see. But it's crazy that, that they beat that team. Yeah. Like, I, I could have expected to see that maybe for, like, the Dragons or for, like, you know, the Guardians. But – for them to do it to the defenders, like blue Hamilton, Pep Hamilton looks so frustrated on the sideline. Like I really felt for him because like his team, it's like they've never played the sport of football before, never played the game of football. I mean, they just looked lost out there. They're having tons of communication issues. I really felt for him, and but um, you know, Tampa did their job the night, and um, I mean, I don't think they're gonna do it again, but maybe. Yeah, some things to watch for this going into this game, though. Obviously, we saw Devion Smith, like, show out um, completely. You know, he had his um, – he had a really good game, had 122 yards. Um, just any anytime a player can do that in a game, that's good stuff. Uh, but the report is is that Smith is not participating um, in practice. He didn't practice on Wednesday. There wasn't really a real reason given Well, a lot that. of players uh, – I, I, yeah, I talked to some of the guys, you know – Tampa's hot, and so they're they're a little wore out, and so they you know requested a day off uh, to to try and recover. I mean, you're out there playing 85, 86, 87, 88, 89 plays, um, and that Florida Heat, even though it is you know March, I mean it's just rough on the guys. So I don't think it's anything to be concerned about, um, but. You know, I'm not sure that they'll get the same results against Los Angeles defense because they're pretty good against the run. Yeah, they're the the best against the run. Um, obviously, I know that they're uh, they're they're stout. Uh, but you also have uh, Jacques Patrick. Um, he went up for 108 yards and a touchdown against the defenders. And so, I mean, you you have him backing up. Um, Devion. So, I mean, like you got two good guys there either yeah. way. Or if anything, but, but that but but, but when it comes to like. DraftKings is almost scary because, I mean, what's the chances of both guys have a 100-yard rush? Yeah, I mean, if you, you want to put all your, your eggs in one basket, I mean, you could get Patrick and then put, like, Smith in the flex or something like yeah. that. Like, if you think that they're going to be doubled up. Like, like you're talking, like, 2000 and – what was it, 2017 uh, or 2018, Mark Ingram and, uh, and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Well, so, and then, too, this is um, – I don't know if anybody knows this or not – but Quentin Flowers will be playing running back on Sunday. Really? Yep. Okay, so the, the Easter egg. That's why you listen to the Other League podcast, because you get the, the scoop. I don't even think you've probably tweeted that yet, have you? Nope. See, exclusives. So now we can just go tweet and tell everybody there's yep. an exclusive hint. So Quentin, Quentin's going to be playing slot receiver and running back. Heard here which first. even um, Which even makes the plays less, you know. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, just be careful on the running backs. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Follow us at Garage Guy Chase. That's Chase's Twitter handle or Danny Jones XFL. That's mine. Uh, send us a tweet. Send us a million dollars. We'll be thankful. Just do it. All right, that's been it. Thanks, we'll guys. See you next week. XFL, let's go.